The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you by Spirited Sea Travel. Reserve your space for spring 2020. Visit spiritedseatravel.com and mention Unity Online Radio when booking. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to the Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everybody, and uh, another happy day to you as an intentional spirit. And you might want to ask yourself some questions of, do you have as much energy as you once did? Are you seeking to be more energized? Are you ready for just something new and, and a bit different, feeling same old, same old? What is it exactly? More often than not, we find that it's about going deeper, going within, discovering discovering more aspects of who we are, uh, not from a place of being broken, but in a place of wholeness. And we have somebody that's so into going within that her website is even IamWithin.com. How cool is that? I'd like to welcome to our show today, Athena. Welcome. Thank you so much. I really look forward to spending some time with you and your listening audience and touching them and feeling like on some level they are absolutely touching me. And so I'm very grateful uh, for the opportunity. And with that, I'm going to turn this over to you for however you feel you would we'll like to We'll be in a lot of trouble if you heart. do that. <laughs> <laughs> I am just okay. one of those non-controlling <laughs> archetypes. You know, I really do... Uh, not only talk about going with the flow, but I'm, I'm willing to practice it. Imagine that concept. Isn't that sweet? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, from uh, yeah. Uh, one recovering uh, control freak, that sounds wonderful. So let's practice. <laughs> yeah, we're we're into the practice of just of, of yeah. letting this space. I, I will uh, tell you a, a near and dear uh, a story close to my heart because you are and have been, uh, you know, with St. Germain and all of that, and you're going to get into those aspects. But um, through the years, there have been an awareness that would come through about St. Germain, etc. And I had seen a poster years ago when I was just in my early 20s at the Light Center in uh, Black Mountain, North Carolina. And it winds up that's the same uh, as St. Germain and, you know, a lot of connections through the years. But anyway, I have a 
and I'm wearing it today. Um, I have a little pendant on a necklace that is I am. And so uh, about uh, a year ago, uh, some friends of mine that are in their early 90s and thrive um, like they are just, you know, going to exceed all life expectancies, which really it's time we all did that. Um, They were telling me about they were really delving into the volume three. It's been a couple of years now, the I am discourse. And so I said, to myself, I ordered the book, I started delving into it, but I thought, I wish I could find that pendant. You know, I'd love to wear that. I'm just feeling called to wear it. And I'm, I just never found it the last time I traveled and it had been gone for months. So I wind up in California at a hotel. I opened up my jewelry, which I hand place every piece in there, whether it's an earring, necklace, whatever. And there it is. <laughs> I love this work. And I, I love I love the mystery of what we don't know. It just, you know, it just gets better and better and better. So tell our listeners, we have listeners from all over the world. Tell them how did your journey get started? Uh, how did it unfold? Because you have such a rich and amazing life. You know, I have, and it's, uh, taken certainly years to be able to look now in hindsight and see what an absolute blessing all of those experiences were, the good, bad, and the ugly, certainly shaped and molded my character. And let me just say here that I've been a student of the IM teachings for 40 years now, if not longer, of uh, St. Germain. And they have completely transformed my life, and I do believe transforms anybody's life that begins to apply and embrace and engage uh, those teachings because it just isn't do what I say kind of thing. It's apply these teachings and you will have proof for yourself how transformative they are. And uh, boy, I did. I have, and I continue to be so deeply, deeply dedicated to them. I am about uh, an hour and 45 minutes from Mount Shasta, where Godfrey Ray King met uh, St. Germain on the mountain. So that's wonderful. So I'm just going to loop back now to answer your your question there. Uh, My start in life uh, was... A, a difficult one, we'll just put it that way. My father was a Greek immigrant and could barely uh, speak the language, uh, let alone write. He was a restaurant Greek. And my mother, Norwegian, uh, had uh, met my father, and they ended up, of course, uh, getting married. He was a compulsive gambler, and he was also an alcoholic, and, you know, he was grandiose, and he was uh, quite, the, quite the showman. And I had a, an uncle that was very, very wealthy. Aristotle Onassis had uh, bought out my uncle Gus. He was a shipping tycoon. And he ended up, uh, once he uh, transitioned or died, he left money to my father. Well, my father thought stocks and bonds were useless pieces of paper, so he would burn them in the fireplace 
No. Oh, oh no. I know. I, I still have, you know, I was looking for one um, because I have one with all the charred edges that my mother had pulled out of the, the fireplace. And suffice it to, to uh, suffice it to say, and I always say I think it was the bill collectors and, and, and the shame that really drove him out of town. And when they started losing the money in the restaurants, and they inherited an amount that would be worth millions today. And so she, I'm one of seven children, middle child. And so she really went from um, wealth to uh, very, very intense poverty, very mm-hmm. intense. And I, I always say we, we uh, made uh, Grapes of Wrath uh, look like they had won the lotto at a few <laughs> points in our, our uh, adventure. I'm going to call it that now. But uh, suffice it to say, my mother uh, took in. Well, she drank, and my mother was not a bad person by any means. She just couldn't cope, you know, with the, the loss and kids to feed on uh, minimum wage and not knowing how she was going to make ends meet. Uh, she lost the house for one or two mortgage payments. And uh, anyway, my and she took in a boarder, and I always say he, he lived in the root trailer or root cellar like a troll. And between six and seven, I was repeatedly raped by him. Oh and, my gosh! Uh, yeah, and and they, you know, they were pretty uh, violent, and so you do what you can do as a, a child. You put it into a compartment, and so I ended up at that age. Uh, just sometimes I would leave my body. Um, disassociate and I would make the memories completely go away. I was very, very good at that. And But I did have one very specifically clear memory that I was able to remember with great clarity up to a certain point. After that, I would say it was like turning on a, a television and getting off the channel and it turns to snow. So I remembered everything very, very clear. And uh, interesting enough, on certain uh, certain events I have very specific, almost a photographic memory, and then others were just like huge, huge gaps. And I go into this in depth in my, my book, Walking Between Worlds. Now, uh, suffice it to say, uh, with that kind of trauma, you know, I think a child uh, will look through the prism of those experience, that lens that affected me as a child, affected every area of my life. So it was very difficult for me to really let uh, people in, let them get, really let them get close, although some people would say I was outgoing. But uh, there was a part that was incredibly and always extremely guarded. When I was, and I'm going to jump, uh, jump here, when I was uh, 32, and I had never, I had never had any kind of spiritual. I, I wasn't raised with any spiritual philosophy at all. Uh, it just wasn't. And I mean, for us, you know, it was probably more like bless the potatoes and damn the meat. No, all of us hogs had mm-hmm, damn the meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, no. yeah. <laughs> That's the way it was, you know, when we're little. But my mother always had a, a 
part of her that was more universal, I would say, and uh, you know she felt a tremendous love with nature. So she would uh, like to get outside and dig in the earth, and that was what God was to her. And so there, there was never any uh, religious philosophy or upbringing. And uh, certainly I would write as a troubled teenager. I would sit by a creek and write, and I would think if life feels like this, like the, the peace that I would feel listening to the running water and the creek and and that stillness, I thought if there's, if there is a God, it has to be more like this. And interesting enough, I remember uh, going to uh, one time it was, he was a, I think he was, and I never thought about this until I was listening to your opening statement there, but he was a minister of a unity church that my oldest sister used to go to in uh, Sacramento. And I went and saw him at one point, as I was very troubled, I was married at the time and, and uh, was very unhappy. And I remember he gave me a book, and it said, May the presence of the I am within you bless you. Mm. And I never, I never thought about that, you know, until you just mentioned that. So that obviously happened. So back to 1979 is when I got hit on top of the head with a cosmic hammer. I had uh, three events that literally brought me to my knees, and uh, my life was so incredibly uh, uh, painful. It was uh, uh, very destructive. I never did drugs or alcohol, but uh, everything else was not working. And, you know, I just remember getting on my knees and uh, this prayer that just came from from the depth of my toes was if life hurts this bad the cause has to lie within me and that was the turning point that was that's a okay that's a profound statement yes if if life let you know if life hurts this bad then the the cause cause must be within me wow that's a that's a big poster with your name on it right there (laughs) (laughs) yes the cause has lie within me and then I remember um, you know saying if you are out there and if you really exist because I had a daughter um, uh, that was uh, 14 years old I was a single mom with her and uh, she did not want to live with me anymore and I knew if I if I didn't because I had become a workaholic with Revlon and the corporate world and I knew if I wasn't really square with her if I didn't have the courage to be really really honest with her she would wind up like me you know cold removed and a workaholic and so that was the most that's what brought me to my knees but there were a series of three events that with her and then two others and all within 24 hours so that brought me to my knees and I remember making that statement and then I also remember Temple uh, that I was sitting there and uh you know there's such great truth tell the truth and the truth will set you free and i remember mm-hmm. telling my daughter all these things that i had kept hidden you know basically and then i had the strangest thing happen i had 
two visions. It was almost like I was put on another planet. And in one hand, I saw this filthy pool of, it was just like black sludge, actually. And I knew that it represented everything in my life that I I had created, that I had created. And that's when I said, oh, my God, I understand. And what I understood at that moment, never having uh, uh, read anything about karma, but I understood with incredible clarity that everything that I had put out to other people had no choice but to come back to me in a like experience so that I could experience what I had put other people through. It was the only way I was going to understand the cause of what I was doing and the effect it had on life. And the moment I had that clarity and that that vision, and that's when I said, oh, my God, I understand, then that pool... And I had this other vision turn crystal and clear. At that exact moment, a golden ray, at that exact moment, a golden ray came into my front room and dusted everything with gold. Everything was dusted with gold. I didn't understand where it came from. I didn't understand any of that. I thought that, um, and that was the beginning, let's put it that way, and from that point, I remember uh, my daughter did want to move away, and I had to let her do that. It was the right thing to do. And I remember, again, and uh, all this is documented uh, in, in my book, but I remember coming home and uh, just throwing myself on the bed and just sobbing and sobbing out all these years of garbage. And the next thing I found was that I was climbing into another dimension, and that dimension was more real than me talking to you on this phone. And I felt like I couldn't make it. You know, I, I almost felt like I was getting ready to free fall or free fall and drop. And like my fingers were maybe a half an inch from this new plateau. And I finally, because I was saying I can't do it, I can't make it, because I had fought suicide too. Uh, that had been something I kept quiet, but I had fought that from the time I was a young child, and I pulled myself up into this other uh, plateau, which was so beautiful, it was not of this earth, and I remember it was just with crystalline clarity. If anyone saw the movie Contact with Jodie Foster when she saw her father, you know, on the beach, that's what it was like. You could see the energy dancing almost within all of its very fluid and beautiful structure. The colors were crystalline clear. Um, It was more transparent. They were just glistening with life and energy and intelligence. And I remember, uh, and the colors were so vivid and beautiful, and I remember turning my head and looking uh, to the right, and I remember seeing my father, who had been dead at that point for 17 years, uh, and I had not uh, seen him, uh, you know, for that long. And uh, he had appeared the night we buried him. He appeared to me in the bedroom. And uh, that uh, that event frightened me, but it also left me with um, there has to be some form of life after death. But back to seeing him now in that that other plane of consciousness, that other plateau, 
he came up to me and he held me, and his eyes were filled with such peace, such light, such love, and there was this white light that just flooded through his body through mine. And uh, you know, he just basically said, it's not your time to come over here. You have to go back and be in the body. And uh, he said, continue to pray uh, because it's going to be given to you. And uh, so I did. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. The only prayer I really knew, and I always say I, I almost like uh, chanted that like somebody that was in a, uh, a mental institution, was the Lord is my shepherd. And I kept repeating that over and over and over again. And then it was probably, it uh, must have been maybe a month or so. I, I think it was a month after that, someone that I had just recently met, a very kind, kind person, said to me, they knocked on my door, and they said, you're ready for this, and they handed me Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 of the I Am Discourses by St. Germain. When I opened that first book up, The Unveiled Mysteries, I wept like a baby because it was everything I felt in my heart, but I could not find outwardly through any kind of other religious um, or, or doctrine. But it was everything in I, that I felt and knew in my heart as truth. And I knew from that moment, that exact moment, that I had the tools to go home. And when I say the word home, I believe in my heart that there is there is a longing within us that we know that we belong to um, a greater all, that we are connected to a source, uh, that the lack and the limitation that we experience here is not it. I don't think any, and this I can't speak for other people, but I do believe that's innate. I believe that is the eternal unfed flame of, of God within each one of us. That is our life that's giving us the ability to think, to, to move, and it's that presence of the I am within us that is the kind and the good and the loving and the caring and the compassionate. I feel like that is every constructive thought, feeling, word, and deed that any of us express when we allow it to express or express itself into manifestation. And that made complete sense to me. And I remember St. Germain saying that any person that will take the time that take 10 minutes and uh, that they spend criticizing other people, places, conditions, or things from being other than what they want them to be, that if they would apply this short meditation, they will not need any more proof. They'll have all the proof they need in 10 days. And I just felt like my life was such a mess, so I was willing, I was so willing to jump in and do that, and I did. And so, suffice it to say, it has transformed my world completely because also St. Germain at that uh, a time when he appeared to Godfrey Ray King, who was, his real name was Ray Ballard, uh, but that was his, his pen name. But when he appeared to Godfrey Ray King up on Mount Shasta, 
you know, he had felt that we were heading towards destruction, the planet, and that students uh, needed, or students prior to St. Germain bringing this information forth, and he brought it forth karmically by himself for the whole planet, which is really amazing when you think about that. But he felt like he wanted to try to um, awaken, let's throw the word try out, uh, you know, to, um, to awaken mankind to the fact that their I am presence, you know, where it is, how to um, anchor to it. And prior to that, uh, students were taken into retreats, and after a three-year probationary period, they were given this information by an assisting master. But he felt that the world was uh, heading towards um, annihilation, and that we needed more than human help, and that if he could find somebody that was strong enough to withstand the negativity that would be projected at them, and he could begin to instruct him with this information, then that would that would be the anchor that they needed. And so he's been awakening his family of light ever since. And so, and, and you know, it's, I, I just feel so much love and gratitude for these teachings. And it's my joy and my, my blessing to work with people uh, with regards to the teachings and help ignite that light within them. That's and it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so beautiful because over the last three to five years, I've been meeting <clears throat> so many people that, you know, follow the ways of, uh, St. Germain, go to Mount Shasta, um, a group of people that have built 20,000 pyramids in India and now in the States. And it's it's just a real exciting time. It really is. It, it, is, a, it is an exciting time. And what I love about it, uh, Temple, is that he, you know, he really, you know, he said that, uh, and I'm, boy, I'm sure you can so relate to this, that these laws of energy work, whether we are aware of them or not. But these laws of energy, we are constantly um, setting into to motion. And it really is whatever follows the two words I am. And that when you use those and you qualify them with negativity and it can be lack, limitation, negativity, we're the creators of our world. And that goes out into the world and it comes back to, you know, the creator as, a, as an experience. Absolutely. Well, we're going to delve more into your book as soon as we return Walking Between Worlds, A Spiritual Odyssey. I thank all of you for tuning in and connecting with us and being in this essence with us. We'll be right back. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment by Ed McShane, a coach for your heart. I used to belong to the If You're Happy and You Know It, Clap Your Hands Club. These days, given the person I live with, it's a little closer to If You're Happy and You Know It, just be okay with that. My actions of unbridled excitement and happiness need not necessarily be seen. I can express my joy with the bathroom door closed and the shower running. I don't need another person to experience my demonstration of joy for my feelings to have meaning to me. This doesn't mean that you should suppress your expression of joy, not in the least. Others can just see and feel your joy through your energy. Joy can be peaceful, active, loud, expressive, warm, and silent. There can be great peace in joy. Sometimes, decide to embrace it with genuine confidence within the serenity joy can bring. To find out more about A Coach for Your Heart, visit acoachforyourheart.com. Experts say picking up a pen and paper and writing things down can have some amazing benefits. Spark some creativity by sketching, doodling, and writing down what you want in life with a set of Unity Inspiration Notepads. They come in three inspirational designs with themes of gratitude, intention setting, and visualization. These are great tools to keep on your desk and use every day. Just $12.99 for a set of three. Pick up yours today at unityonline.org shop. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Learn how to break away from self-limiting beliefs and get some support with T.J. Woodward and the Conscious Being Radio Show every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central. A recovery specialist, author, inspirational speaker, and coach, T.J. will share practical tools and life strategies to help you overcome your fears and learn to awaken to your true nature. Join the show with your questions and comments and get the support you need to move forward fearlessly. T.J. is here to help every Wednesday on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And many, many thanks to all of you listeners in the world that uh, tune in to our show, listen to our show, share our show. You know, it wouldn't be a show without you. I just want you to know that I'm clear about that. And and I love the honoring that you do with all of our authors and our teachers and our healers and the different modalities that we offer for truly just an intentional spirit of we're all here to have uh, tools and, and different things that we can use that, that enhance our, our being human. 
And as I teach all the time, you know, spirituality isn't to replace being a human being. Actually, the more you delve into your inner self, the more human you become, that rich and raw self. It's just a a beautiful thing to be part of. Uh, I want to reiterate, as the previous advertisement when we were starting the show, we'd love to have you join us on Spiritual Cruises. You may go to spiritatseacruise.com and find out more information or join me at templehays.com or firstunity.org to listen to other programs that we offer. But today we are talking to a tremendous healer, light worker, uh, someone that has been on many different dimensions and probably still is often, which is usually a good thing these days. But anyway, that being said, we have the wonderful Athena Demetrios with us and her website is I am within dot com the power of the i am so thank you for of all the things that you could be doing today athena thank you for for bringing your essence with us it's just um my heart smiles to you over the phone uh well thank you so much and there is nothing that fills me with more joy than being able to share anything about uh, the I am, you know, with with people because it just transforms everything, just absolutely everything. And life is beautiful. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to be alive and and uh, be very present and living in the now, more so than not. And I do agree with you. The more that I have applied and worked with those teachings and the deeper into that understanding of the I am within us that it has uh, taken me I've always I've all I have found myself becoming more grounded more connected you know to life around me so I'm I'm grateful for that one of the things that I would like to uh, touch on was that if any of you and uh, you know those beautiful hearts that are listening here today and we've all experienced as trauma and situations that can be very, very painful. But one of the things that I did was I made a decision to go back and heal because I knew innately that life was not meant to be lived like this. It wasn't meant to be lived like this. And so I was willing to go back and do that work. I chose a very qualified therapist. I interviewed several wasn't willing to turn this kind of work over to just anybody, but I wanted to go back and revisit and regain uh, the, the memories. I wanted to become empowered again and, and find myself feeling whole uh, because that wasn't, you know, that certainly hadn't been the case. And I also was wanting to heal that deep sense of melancholy that just seemed to saturate my psyche. I no longer have that, thank you, God. So when I was working with this wonderful uh, psychotherapist, and we used uh, hypnosis, hypnotherapy, uh, for the uh, uh, tool for the healing because I had some pretty strong defenses. And when he would put me under, I would go under so deep because I am also a channel, and that's probably one of the reasons why um, I go under so deeply. But there was an experience when he put me under one time where I went to my in-between life before I was born. And I cannot, I, I can't 
explain or describe the feeling of safety and love and the expanded awareness that I felt that in that other space. I was nothing but pure consciousness. And I always say this, that my, my soul felt as large as the United States of America. That's how large and acutely aware. But I was surrounded by masters and teachers and people that I loved a lot. And they were showing me, like on this big film strip, and if you can, in your mind's eye, imagine rolling out a film strip, and within these frames of this film strip, I would see a big blockage rise. Like it looked like a big cement, uh, almost like a, a, a cement high rise, and I knew that was very symbolic of a growth experience that I would be encountering in my life. And then there was another space beyond that. Let's say it looked like ten miles, and then another one rose up, and I knew again that that was going to be a growth experience. But the thing that they were showing me. And the most important, because they were showing me a family where I was going and some of the challenges that I would be encountering and that it was going to be difficult. But what they were showing me was, and I'm going to underscore this and we're going to bold those words, they were showing me how I could change in this life. And they were showing me what could be, and let's bold that word, and what might be, and we're going to bold might but it was all going to be determined on how I would perceive to learn from it as a soul, how I would choose to learn from these experiences. Basically, you know, was I going to become a victim or a creator? And mm. if, I was, if I was sitting across from you now and, it, <laughs> and I would take your forearm and give it a good strong yank, that's what it felt like when I knew I had to go inside my mother because it was time to be born. It was time to be born. And once inside my mother, I could feel her depression at being pregnant and, and uh, uh, her despair and alcohol. I could, you know, I could feel all of that. So we're very conscious coming in. We're very, very conscious coming in. So, you know, and I'm going to go back to these experiences I also experienced when I was under one time, because I remember Dr. Slavin telling me, he says, your soul takes you where you need to go for healing. And I went back 2,000 years ago spontaneously and started talking like a Roman tribunal judge. And that was something else. That was, you know, that was a another healing that transpired in this life from feelings that I carried into this lifetime that I never understood. Yeah, um, around a, a, a jealousy of Christ, I never understood that. Uh, didn't understand any of it. Didn't understand where it came from. Couldn't look at a picture with his, you know, with his eyes. But you know, I always had this very uh, uh, uncomfortable feeling when I would see a Roman headdress. So that that came out, and so that was quite a healing that transpired from that because he was, you know, Christ is such a highly evolved master. So that journey, something told me, Temple, back when I began that exploration of healing, something told me to tape 
my sessions, and I did. So all of those sessions, word for word, are in the book mm. as well, working with, with uh, Dr. Slavin. So, you know, now at this point, and, you know, I've certainly, like I say, walked between worlds and, you know, helped spirits cross over, you know, do that. And certainly, you know, I've become a channel for a wonderful uh, consciousness, a, a, a spiritualist from the 19th century whose name is Dr. James Martin Peebles and uh, the doc as I affectionately call him and my mystical muse and I work with people you know one-on-one with him and then and then groups but one of the things that I'd like to share with the listening audience here and I can't speak for other people but this certainly helped me one of the things you know, he's, he has three principles that he always shares, his spiritual umbrella. The first one is loving allowance for all things to be in their own time and place, starting with yourself. The second one is increased communication with respect to all life, starting with yourself. And the third is self-responsibility for your life as a creative adventure, where he says never in your soul are you the victim. You're always a creator. So one of the tools that really um, helped me is writing. How did this experience, I don't care what it is, if it's a a breakup with a marriage, uh, a a boyfriend, um, a failure with, or you feel like a, a failure with a business, whatever it is, if you write at the top of the you know the the paper or get a journal which is always wonderful to write in how did this experience help me grow how did it help my soul evolve and if you can write between 6 and 9 paragraphs and you know about the experience and then extract a gem from each one of those there's a gem a little diamond in each one of those, because I really feel that there is a uh, gem in the scum of any experience, no matter how humiliating or defacing or hard to confront. (coughs) Excuse me. So I think, uh, you know, once you're able to tap into that, then you become more empowered. And it's like the doc says, you know, you own the energy. It doesn't own you, which is great. And uh, sometimes... That's why it feels so bad with victimhood. You know, it feels like it's completely owning us. So, <coughs> excuse me. So that's, you know, that's uh, the tools that I've used and what has helped me. So I just wanted to share that with people. Mm. What a walk. It's it's a good thing your, your book is about walking because you certainly... <laughs> you've certainly been walking that's for sure you know just absolutely and walking between so many different worlds that's that's to me sometimes when my my soul feels somewhat weepy is when when in 2019 with all the information that's available with all the speakers and teachers and classes and everything that's available everything that's available that uh, certain people just still live in this window box that this is all there is and tell me what to do. Let me be herded, you know, tell me what to say, tell me what to feel. 
and it won't ever get any better because I live in this box. It's just so fascinating to me. Uh, and I'm discerning. I'm not judging them, but it is fascinating when we have so, I mean, I can understand when I felt alone as a mystic, you know, as a teenager, you didn't have meetup.com and Facebook and do you know what I mean? We didn't have anywhere to go. We just sat around half the time and thought we were crazy. <laughs> no, that, oh, that's so You know, true. or we did, or we got high. I mean, I went, wow, this is yeah, just too, too beyond me being that I'm not going to fit in the box, so I'll just get buzzed. But, you know, uh, now so much true. is available. So much is available uh, to and, people. And, you know, I, I find it fascinating. I understand exactly I'm in complete alignment uh, with that. Because it's it's so interesting. I've had a conversation with someone quite recently, and you know, I, I do believe that people are drawn to whatever whatever it is that they need. I think if they're attracted to any kind of of religion, um, then they're attracted to it for a reason. And once they glean what they need, then I think the natural evolution of God is expansion, and then they will start to question more and attract more. And and I have recently, I believe that some people uh, need more of a structure uh, with that. And uh, uh, you know, I, I just had this conversation with someone, and all I said is, I I will never be convinced that God is anything but pure love, pure, absolute love. Mm. And, and you know, I was looking at the word love, and if you add, you know, a V-E, flip it around, it's evolve. And the more you evolve, the more you love. The more you love, the more you evolve. And I thought that was really, yeah, there's, uh, I love words. And something else that I I would like to just touch on here was forgiveness. And I know that, you know, for a long time I just felt like I was a victim. And I wanted to scream it from the mountaintop. I really did. And then I felt, and I like analogies, like I was swimming in a pond with cement blocks tied to my feet. And, you know, in a stagnant place. And when when my mother made her transition and, you know, there was a lot of anger at my mom for having allowed that perpetrator uh, into our lives there. And so I wasn't, at the time of her death, uh, resolved with that or with her. But so fascinating. You know, I remember asking a medium one time how she was doing after she had uh, transitioned, and he said she weeps much in her slumber, and that just absolutely broke my heart. And then I thought back to that experience that I had of being on the spirit side and that love and that safety, and I thought, oh, my God, how she must feel being there now and having that acute awareness and wanting to go back and where she felt like she had missed the mark. And uh, I thought, wow, I don't want her to feel like that. And so I was really able to forgive my mother. And when I say forgive, forgive from my heart, not my head. You know, not as an affirmation. I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you with my head but not my heart. Well, I was able to really, really forgive my mom. 
and I, you know, I so wish she was around now. I so wish she was here. We would have so much in common. And uh, anyway, so, and I also heard, I believe this was from the Course of Miracles, I'm not sure, but the word forgive backwards means give for, give for mm-hmm. those incapable of gi- of giving. So really, in, in giving for my mother, I really gave for myself a new beginning. And so I went to her grave, and, and uh, you know, it was, you know, it was wonderful. So life is really beautiful, and I just, you know, I just wake up, and here I am, life to be lived. <laughs> and that's my mantra in the morning. And uh, I, mm-hmm. just, I, feel, I just feel very, very grateful, and I've just had some wonderful, mystical, magical experiences. I always say fall in love with the mystery, and I just, you know, I'm so, so grateful for the journey. And I had um, one of the things that was so wonderful, I remember St. Germain saying, if you bless the powers of nature and the little elementals, the powers of uh, nature and the elementals will bless you back. And I remember, uh, you know, this was only a couple of years ago, uh, over at my neighbor's there was a sweet little bird that was uh, nestled in the foliage, and I bent down and I started talking to this bird and telling him how much I loved him, and he didn't flutter, or she did not flutter a feather. Just that little head was vertical, just looking at me. And I was just flooding it, you know, with light and with with love, and reluctantly I came back into my house and sat down in my chair to meditate. This was maybe 10, 15 minutes later, and I looked down, and he was at my left foot. He had followed me back in the house with a screen door that uh, automatically closes. And I can't begin to tell you, Temple, the feeling in my heart. I've never had such an expansion of love and an actual feeling in my heart, and I made a little perch with my finger, bent down, and he climbed on it. I put it down very, very slowly and just had another little (laughs) communication eye level for about another 10 minutes and sat on my finger. I took him outside and filled up a a bird bath with some water. There were two people witnessing all of this. My sister and neighbor were standing back, you know, watching all of this. And he just took a little bath and he was like a little rock skipping across a still pond and then he flittered and flew off but that was so magical so we have those Mm. experiences they're they're around us for sure but i'm i feel very 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 blessed and uh just looping back real real quick here to anybody that is uh feeling again that you're wanting to explore more healing, more more wholeness, and just understand, for me, it's a process, and it doesn't happen overnight, but that intention and that willingness, that's the presence of God, the I am within you, that's going to pull you forward, and uh, I'm out here swinging the lantern for you. As soon as you said that, the 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 sky started. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! I love it. I love it. I love it. And 
I, I, I think that's so much about, you know, what is just the whole conversation, you know, immersed in love and light has been, you know, in talking with you today is the, it's, it's one thing to talk about, to talk about a lot of things. It's one thing to talk about, you know, being in the now, but there's something about between us as individuals and the space that hasn't occurred yet of really yeah. being awake and open. And as you said, you know, starting the day with, what do you want to show me today? How exciting is this? Oh, my gosh. I mean, what could possibly, oh, there's so many things today that could happen within, you know, any, any given moment. And that's, to me, the, the, the true essence of joy is being in that, in, in that space. Um, and, and it's little things. You know, it, it, it's often people are looking for the big thing, you know, but the little things are so rich and and beautiful. And I can't okay. even explain to myself how an hour has gone by so quickly. I know. It's <laughs> and, like, I don't right? know about you, it's like, it's I, like I, I, you just said hello. <laughs> I don't even know your middle name yet. How is this possible? <laughs> well, it's like I get up in the morning and, and uh, then it's time to go to bed again. It's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I just got up. You know, it's like the hours are flying by. It's either that or we're becoming more present and losing the awareness of time, I think. Maybe yes. That's, well, that's, you that's know, for, for those too. of you that are tuning in, even currently right now or, or later on listening to our podcast, you know, the good news is that you can learn more about Athena by going to her website and stay in touch. Um, just many different things available there, readings and musings and gallery and just filled with a lot of rich and beautiful stuff. I am within.com. And um, you also do do readings, don't you? Don't you oh, channel yes. for, with, for people? Oh, yes, I, I do, uh, absolutely. And people can contact me. Uh, you know, please feel free to contact me through my website. I do do readings. I record them, you know, as a courtesy. And it's no different, you know, than being in the room with me. I always say people can be all comfy and in their jammies and be having their tea on the other end of the world, wherever they're at, and be very comfortable. And yes, and I bring Dr. Peebles through, and you know, and he's he's wonderful, and he goes into a lot uh, with uh, people. Usually, I'm contacted when there's a lot going on in someone's life, and they're at a point of a lot of transition. And, uh, you know, confused, a lot of times there's a lot of prayer going on. And that's usually when my my phone rings. And, uh, you know, I always say the dance begins on the other side before I get the phone call. And, you know, the doc usually says, you know, it's when they are saying from the spirit side, well, this is what, let's use you as an example, that a temple soul would like her to become aware of now. And so he works very, very closely uh, with people, uh, helping them uh, shift their perspective or work with difficult uh, situations. Many, many times people have a knee-jerk reaction to perhaps it's either a person or a situation or a circumstance over and over and over again. And many times that's tied into another lifetime. And so I get to see the lifetime. I don't really remember the conversation between the two, but that can also be very, very healing to see what some of the elements that were that, uh, you know, contributed to that kind of 
past life echo that they have brought into this incarnation where you, they just have a knee-jerk reaction no matter how many times they try to approach it differently. It's still kind of that knee-jerk reaction. And <clears throat> so if it's, uh, you know, if it's relevant to this lifetime, you know, sometimes that'll that'll come up. But, you know, they're always very healing. They last around 50 minutes, sometimes a little longer. And uh, he's got a wonderful, wonderful sense of humor. And he also um, states that uh, we knew each other in uh, the 19th century back in the, uh, the New England area where my name was Mary Longley as a, a medium, and we have absolute documentation of us uh, in that lifetime. And I was, I always said, I'm going to find something that was mine in another life, and boy, did I. Anyway, uh, so... <laughs> There was the conne- <laughs> there was the connection there, yeah. And uh, anyway, so it's yeah, it's wonderful. I enjoy uh, working with Doctor People and inspiring, uh, or you know, hoping that that's always my desire that you know people really will be able to get a sense of clarity and find some equilibrium and balance, and you know, as they continue their journey. And half the time, mm-hmm. usually when we're feeling like we're failing, he's congratulating because we're moving towards something that we wanted to avoid. Mm-hmm. But one of the things... And we're always the, moving towards something. And that's yes. a big thing there to remember, are, all of you tuning in. You're always moving towards something, but have the eyes and the heart that's willing to receive it. Thank you for being with us, and such a pleasure, Athena. See you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.